Welcome to Grassroots Nation, a podcast from Rohini Nilekani Philanthropies, a show in which we dive deep into the life, work, and guiding philosophies of some of our country's greatest leaders of social change. In part two of this episode of Grassroots Nation, Rohini Nilekani continues her conversation with Rukmini Banerjee and Madhav Chavan from Pratham. Set up in 1995, Pratham's mission is to see every child in school and learning well. It is a deeply influential organization whose mandate far exceeds its size because of its philosophies and the thinking that have infused its DNA. Since its inception, it has contributed widely to this mission in India from its early beginnings running Balwadis in Mumbai to being present in over 23 states and union territories, working with various state governments in large-scale initiatives producing the vital ASER report or the ASER report that annually records the state of education in rural India and the Read India campaign. In this episode, Rohini, Madhav and Rukmini talk about what it took to set Pratham up, its many champions starting with the Municipal Commission of Mumbai, how the Balwadis were set up and the operational phenomenon it became as it worked in 3,000 communities across the city. This conversation was recorded at the Bangalore International Center in Bengaluru. The first early years, and then of course Rukmini comes in pretty soon. 96 or so you, you come in. We are in 95 already. So there are some fundamental things about Pratham, as we remarked. Trust is one yeah. in the DNA. Scale is tested. In your head, it is the scale of Mumbai. But the first time the scale and, and, and your uh, all these dreams about scale, they are tested. So Mr. Kale called me to, the, to his office. Couple of months after we had set up Pratham, January I think, a few weeks after the, the resolution to create the organization was passed. And he said, Madhav, uh, this is a budget time and I want to know if we are going to do this. We are, we are told that two and a half lakh children are out of school. But if all these children have to come to school, then do we have enough schools? Do we have good schools? Do we have clean schools? So the whole thing was about, do we have enough? So I'm saying, so what? So he said, no, you tell me. I said, how do I tell you? He said, you have to go and visit all the schools. And I said, 1,200 schools, Mr. Kare. I, I, I have only 10 people working with me and not even seriously. I mean, how do I do this? He said, that's not my problem. You went and told in the meeting that you can create a societal mission and all that. No, create it. This is actually true. And I didn't know what to do then. And he wanted it before budget time. Budget, as you know, is in February. I said, for budget time to hogani, but okay, he said, do what you can. Question is, how do you survey 485 buildings in which 1200 schools are housed? I could do it, but it has to be credible, etc., etc. And there was a young lady called Shilpa Sakharkar. She was a student of Farida's from Nirmala Niketan. Again, let me tell you, people do all the thinking. It's not like you're as a central person of it. And Shilpa said, sir, I have a friend who is a doctor. Why don't we ask doctors to volunteer to survey the schools? He is completely out of the left field, right? What? But I thought that was a, and she argued that there are homeopathic doctors and there are Junani doctors and all kinds of doctors. And they take afternoons off, go home to sleep. So why can't we ask them to spare their afternoon? This was her idea, Shilpa's idea. And I said, let's try it. So we asked for an appointment with the Indian Medical Association at Mahalakshmi and they were incredulous. They said, what? You think we are sanitation inspectors or what? I said, no. But if you, the doctors, say the schools are clean, everybody will believe because you have no you know, vested interest in it. But if you say that the schools are not clean, then the administration will be forced to accept that your judgment must be good. And they said yes. And a letter went out from IMA saying that, uh, please volunteer. I remember many of my classmates were physicians also, surgeons and so on. So they started calling and they said, okay, we will participate. So we got some 350 doctors volunteering to go to, to these buildings in the afternoon. And we got the survey results on my one laptop that I brought. Uspe data entry kia. 
and in three months' time, we submitted the data, which said 75% schools of Mumbai are good, which was shocking. How can how can you say that? Actually, my doctor friends called up on the phone and said, you know what? Thank you for giving us this opportunity to go to schools because we had never seen a municipal school, although we live there. And somebody said, but, you know, you have you been to the urinals there? They stink. They said, okay, tell me, this is some doctors actually saying, show us a urinal in India that doesn't stink. So what are we comparing this with and why are we doing that? And all this thinking was happening at the grassroots. And this is also educational for me because people are positive. People are not always negative about things. They have a very good view of how things should be and what... Otherwise, you will go by what press reports say. Anyway, the circumstances are no money, no people and don't know what to do. And yet you go about and take a challenge and say, do it. You found abundance and scarcity. Aha. Okay. <laughs> yeah, what's abundant is that scarcity. And so you have to use that scarcity. So the question was then what? So we were told, go teacher training karo. I had no clue about education. A teacher training kaun karega? So, since Farida was the social worker, she had she knew many NGOs, many institutions, and and so we said, what to do? Teacher training karo. Okay, teacher training. So the municipal corporation said, okay, jao teacher training karo. And the training started. And I was visiting the training programs, and I was wondering between sessions at tea time, people were telling us, you know, children come to our schools without being potty trained also. They don't know how to sit, how to listen. And you are asking us to, to give quality education. Whose idea is this? So why don't you do something concrete, con constructive, give children preschool education? In one shot, they told, told, gave us a good idea about education. And second thing said, get out of our way and let us do our work and don't get into it. So there again, that was an idea that came from the school teachers. You have to listen. Very often we don't listen. We come up with our own ideas and say, ye karo, wo karo. But there's a lot that the teachers have to say, but you have to listen properly. And then, then you're okay. So once we decided that, okay, preschool education is to be done. How? Again, the same thing. There was a model that the municipal corporation already had. There were what are known as CDOs community development officers, some 21 of them. And they were running this model in the municipal schools. They, they used to make a school room available for the uh, community. Balwadi. For, yeah, for Balwadis. The Balwadi model actually came from there. So they used to find somebody who was trained or something and then said, okay, you can run a Balwadi class in the school. As long as, and you can charge five rupees. That was also a part of it. You can charge five rupees, keep the money for you. We are not, we are not employing you. Or, and you start teaching the children. And the condition is that after the children finish their one year of preschool, they have to go to the municipal school. That was a bad thing. Bad thing means you can't tell people that you should come I said, why don't you take this to scale? You have the schools, you have the buildings. But they were not willing to do and that is when I said, okay, we will take it to scale. The same idea, we can't do it in the municipal schools, but can we do it in the slum communities? All the elements of what that model were was were used. So we, we found the young ladies in the slums and said, you find the children you want to teach and you can charge them any fees that the parents are willing to pay and keep the fees as your own. We will give you some 100 rupees a month. And that is how the Balwadi model started. It, it, there was a need and it was on fire. I mean, everybody just wanted to do it. Because also it was a very simple model. Again, I want to stress that it was a model that existed before. We just simply took it and ran with it. And it's good to call out. You know, there's a truism that only the market or civil society can innovate. But we have already seen two or three examples where good people inside the state system yeah. are innovating. And in fact, they're probably innovating around the country all the time. We don't call necessarily call that innovation. But you pick that up innovation up and then you put it out into the community. Absolutely. So that's how the Balwadi program started. And with that Balwadi program, we, we could prove, this was a proof of concept, that an NGO can actually work on a very large scale. Because within a matter of two to three years, 
we were at 3,000, 3,500,000 Balwadis. And not only that, we were our numbers, and actually we could show children, there were some 55, 56,000 children in the Balwadis. And then the government schools, the municipal schools started saying, so then they were more willing to work with us. And now this all, does this predate the Anganwadis? Anganwadi program already existed. Yeah. And not in Mumbai so much, but around the country, yeah. in the rural areas, Anganwadi, Anganwadi was universalized in 91, 92. See, the urban Anganwadis are much more recent. Yeah. Bombay has the problem that if you're an unauthorized settlement, then how much government services can come? So that may have been another yeah. issue for why... In those days, that was that, that was then discarded. And then later, of course, the free and compulsory, the, all those restrictions were lifted for government work. But, yeah. So, there was other preschool activity already happening around the country. So, the Anganwadi system through other NGOs. ICDS was already there. This, this was the uh, Interior yeah. Child Development Scheme. And then that was called Anganwadi. Yes. We were urban. And it was a volunteer, more or less volunteer-driven model inside the community. It was. Yeah. One of you described a typical Balwadi of those days. So, a space, uh, usually, and of course we paid, nobody paid any rent for the space. So the spaces could be the room in which the Balwadi teacher used to live. But to have that space, you to get all your family members out. So you need cooperation even at that level. Lots of verandas. We discovered at that time that political parties all have offices in the slums. But no political party is actually active in the morning. You know, that activity picks up towards the afternoon and evening. So often political party offices could be used. There was a police station somewhere in Kurla, which said, Again, obviously not a great place to run a Balwadi in the police station, but there was space, people were willing. So any and every space, and there were constraints. If a three-year-old child had to walk, it had to be very close to their house. So what is the kind of space that you could find there? So a very large number actually were in people's homes. But there as well, you needed, as I said, the collaboration of everybody else in the house to get out for two hours so that you could have that space. And uh, so a little space, a, a local uh, Balwadi teacher who tended to be a young woman usually. Was that like 90, 95% women? Almost 100%. For example, I remember a case where uh, this was in Chembur where uh, there was a transgender who wanted to be a Balwadi teacher and uh, the community was fine with it. So the issue was ki, can that person become or not become and my point was who are we to decide anything? The space, the children, everything is being done as long as the parents are okay with any of this, it is okay with us. So lots and lots and lots of young women, lots and lots of turnover. So you know we had something like uh, you know 3,000, 3,500 Almost when we calculated, 1,200 would turn over every year. And I remember the team going to Madhav saying that, you know, um, you know, kitna training karenge. Just say train karte, sab log change ho jate. And he told uh, that our Balwadi team that nothing is lost because these are the reason there is a turnover is unki shadi ho rahe, They are moving, they are having children, whatever. So this is actually investment in young mothers. So nothing is going waste. So I don't know to what extent the team was convinced, but you know, I think it was. No, no, we've seen it later in years that people have come back and said it helped me, I'm, I'm a better mother. Children at that age are small yeah. and they're thin, and so you can fit in quite a few in one place, but yeah. never more than 20, you know. I mean, the space itself was also, and also managing little children more than that Very difficult. would be difficult. So it was usually 18, 20, 15, and usually the Balwadi teacher was very known to all the uh, Mothers. Some did, some didn't, some did quite a lot. Whereas sometimes there was this thing, uniform So it was all settled locally. That as long as you didn't leave anybody out, whatever you were doing. I mean, I remember one story about um, this is an area, you know, where you, when you're leaving Bombay, where the garbage dump is. So there was a, we used to do a lot of surveys at that time. And in the hunting for all of that, you'd also find potential instructors because people would say, Ki kya kar rahe ho? So there was one such slum called Rafiq Nagar, which had, I mean, we uh, were help, we were able to help set up almost 
20 to 30 balwadis in one slum. It was a very crowded, but absolutely everybody lived in plastic sheets. And the girl who was the pratham person organizing in this area, her name was Ghazala. Ghazala Amin, her name was. And she one day said to me, ki ye balwadi hai, to ye to preschool hai. To mujhe nahi acha lagta ki sare bache phate kapde mein aare hai, gande aare hai and all this. Do she said, mein kuch karna, mein kuch karungi. So, few weeks later, she came back and she told me, ho gaya intizam. So I said, kya hua? She's, she lived like two slums away. She raised a huge clothing drive and got clothes for close to five, six hundred children. So that, yeah, phate kapde mein chachi lagte. So she got that. Then after some time, she said, nah, uniform hona chahi. Abhi, thik hai, kapde to ho gaya, uniform hona chahi. I said, ab tumhi rasta nikalo. He said, wo to mujhe pata hai. Mujhe hi nikalna pade. That girl managed to actually get fabric from whoever. And she just said, yeah, now if in my area, I'm just dung se cheese chahiye. To mene kara chahiye. That's it. The problem of the Balwadi was threefold. There was no space. Then in the slums, there were no trained teachers. And this is what all the experts were telling us. There's, there's no trained teachers and there's no money which could buy any of these things. So if none of these are present, then how do you even think of scale? So you just say that these problems don't exist. You just wipe them off and say, okay, let's start with what they have. This is what I talk about. The Lao Tzu poem, go to the people, love them, learn from them. Start with what they know, build on what they have, and when it is done, they will say, we did it ourselves. Now that is actually a, a, a principle that I, I like to use, because if you trust that this is their problem, they are going to solve it, then you should say that, okay, you to, I'll help you. You, you said, okay, there's no space, so who's going to have this, do the space? The community will find the space. In this, Sharad Kale, the municipal commissioner, was my biggest ally. He said, don't worry about cleanliness. Nobody knows what cleanliness is. If people are living there, that's clean enough for them. Then they will find a place for their children. Don't worry about it. And these were important lessons to be learned. Where is the teacher teacher training? They're not trained teachers. This is where UNICEF came in. Vijaya Chauhan told me, it doesn't matter, we'll do a short training program. And what training do you need? We just need children to be comfortable with somebody. Play, sing, dance. That's all you want. That was the second one. And, and then the third one was money. So money was a problem. I went to Bombay Community which Public Charitable Trust, which had set up by Mr. Parikh, uh, uh, Deepak Parikh. Deepak Parikh's uncle, H.T. Parikh. And the gentleman who was running the trust was uh, Mr. Palia, who was the former executive director of IDBI. So I said, I need, need to set up, uh, as a proof of concept, uh, 200 balwadis. So he said, how, how long will it take? I said, three months. He said, what? That's not possible. People spend a lifetime setting up 25 balwadis. And you're saying you're going to set up 200 balwadis in three months? Not possible. I said, let's take a break. And he, he actually agreed. So Mr. Palia said, okay, if you, I'll give you two lakh rupees. If you set up 100 balwadis in the next month and a half, I'll give you the remaining two lakh rupees. I said, okay. And I came back to the office and I told everybody, you set up 200, 100 balwadis in the next two months. I'll take you to Taj for dinner or lunch or whatever. And everybody said, okay, let's do it. They, they did the 100 balwadis. No Taj lunch even till now. Rukmini, what are the big lessons you took away? And today we have come to Nipun Bharat, um, FL, and is talked about all the time, foundational learning. But tell us, what is the biggest lessons from the whole Balwadi movement of Pratham? But I think looking back, I think that uh, big things is this carpet across the community then generated a lot more other demands. And the carpet also, the forming of that carpet, this uh, idea was that, you know, if every child in Bombay has uh, preschool, then they will go to first standard. So universalizing elementary education, this was, I don't know if other people did it this way, but I think certainly in our heads it was, every child has a balwadi, they will naturally go to first. So every child has a balwadi, how do we establish One was this, how do you influence people? How do people join you? But I think at least in my mind, it was also a little bit of a continuous, how do we know what we know and are, are we seeing the right thing? 
and you know of the many things that need to be done you know are we the best people to be doing what it is that we are doing so there were two things that we did in 98 which were very uh, to me very very interesting one was one way to find out if every child is in a in a balwadi or not bombay is a very organized slum culture everywhere there is some rehwasi sang maila mandal yuvak mandal some mandal is always there which is not there in many other slums in many other parts of the country so basically in every slum in bombay whoever was the resident but the whoever was the association uh, that represented the residents was asked ki aapke yahan pe koi hai kya jo balwadi mein balwadi hai kya and balwadi mein nahi jata hai sakwe we had stacks and stacks of files in the office letter heads of little and big organizations saying ki hamare yahan pe nahi hai so again take a look around in your own community apne aap se aap batao ki hai ki nahi so that was one the second one was that bombay had 1200 schools and about 2000 first standard sections and by the first method it was like almost there was 98 children's day november 14 there was a big uh, rally in which lot of our balwadi teachers came lots of people came it was also a time in bombay's municipal history when the elected people were almost decision makers otherwise bureaucrats used to take decisions that phase in bombay's history i don't know what it is but there was elected people from several parties i mean it seemed like there was a combination of bureaucrats other people who were there in this rally and the rally was to declare that you know almost every child has access to preschool so one was what people said from the slums and a very systematic way ki every slum se uh, leke aao usko file karo and so on and the other thing we did a little bit after that was to look at every first standard to say ki jo bachcha bhi first standard mein enroll ho raha hai wo kisi balwadi se aaya hai ki nahi there we discovered big gaps and then the analysis of that gap was also interesting bombay ran schools in eight languages and still does so some of the gaps were that i am a telugu speaking slum but there is no first standard in telugu close to me then there would be children who would you know that kind of there were big language gaps and then there were recent migrant gaps because you often had just arrived in the city and you couldn't so this one systematic view from the uh, sending location and one view from the receiving location the two together put together we realized now in a focused way where to work so during this balwadi stuff also i think is what were simple mechanisms which allowed you and everybody else who is involved in this to take a look at uh, you know there were i remember there was a you know 3500 balwadis dhang se chal rahe hain ki nahi chal rahe hain chala to rahe ho aap log to kaise kaise pata chalega there was a young two couple of young mckinsey interns who had been given to us and they came up with some metrics which was and everybody loved those mckinsey boys in the office because you know they were all smart young men wearing nice shirts and all that so people got irritated with me when i said kya bol rahe hain log nahi don't बैठनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटनेटन
टू प्रोवाइड टू रेकग्नाइज दैट वो नहीं हो रहा है जितना अच्छी तरह से हो रहा है होना चाहिए एंड एनेबलिंग एंड अलाउिंग कम्युनिटी वॉल्टियर्स टू एक्चुअली कम टू द स्कूल एज पार्ट ऑफ द स्कूल टाइम टू बी एबल टू डू दिस सो दीज वर ऑल आई थिंक दिस हाउ टू क्रिएट अ कार्पेट हाउ टू नो द कार्पेट इज मोर लेस ओके हाउ टू कीप चेंजिंग हाउ यू लुक एट इट वॉट अबाउट अदर नीड्स दैट कम्युनिटीज आर सेंग आर यू गोट रेस्पॉन्ड आर यू नॉट गोट रेस्पॉन्ड we i think to a large extent we were driven by what people wanted and then we had to scramble to say okay to the extent i know you know what to do the main thing is when you are working on a large scale we first we we learn to work on a large scale thinking of scale was not a problem but when you get down there you have to be you have to pay attention to detail and how do you get everybody to pay attention to that detail that is the question so simple things like 100 rupees to be paid to every balwadi teacher 3000 teachers to be paid every month so you are paying 100 rupees physically how do you get the receipt who is going to believe that what 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 should the receipt be like so the teacher used to say i am so and so i am running a balwadi here and i have so many children in my class and so many children attended the balwadi last year last month or whatever and i have received 100 rupees so that was a report come a receipt yes, so but, but in this detail coupon mein roini signs today in english tomorrow in marathi and after tomorrow in urdu to wo roini same roini hai ki koi aur hai children's names as they are going from balwadi to school so we have uh, you know enrolled uh, 30000 children but school ke registrant ka naam nahi match kar raha hai because mm-hmm. community mein uska naam pinku hai school mein jaate to uska naam natasha ho gaya you know so we then started recording nicknames bacche ka nickname so that we can tag sorry there there are some sometimes very simple but big lessons so on this receipt things fraud some people may you know do all kinds of things i was talking to mr wagul at that time he was chairman of icici then it was not icici bank yet icici was industrial credit and investment corporation of india limited and he became chairman of pratham he joined the board first and then he became the chairman so i was discussing these kinds of things with him because he they were i mean that's a, another lesson how uh, we started getting money even but mr wagul's important observation was he said look mother all these frauds and all these things the irregularities don't happen in business they do so don't let people scare you too much these things happen when you do on a large scale what you can do is you can protect yourself you can create mechanisms you can train people not to do things but don't be afraid of those things and that was very important because otherwise you are making payments in 3000 locations or ordinary things are, so there will be something that will be lost and and you have to do something about it so pratham set out uh, put out a vision statement every child in school and there is such a powerful ring to it most most uh, people have very complicated sort of uh, goal setting how did you come to it uh, i was sitting in the office uh, writing something doing some work um and there was there was this volunteer who was working uh, at the mckinsey she came into the office and said madhav i'm uh, typing out a newsletter and i need a tagline i said i don't have time now she said no no just think of something and this was all in the air right private education is the best investment a country can make and all that was there already so i said okay let's write down every child in school now that seemed incomplete and i said okay every child in school and learning that learning was not a part of our conscious decision but the sentence seemed incomplete and and learning as a, as a requirement was good so she wrote it down and then four years later one mr rajan who was a trustee of uh, delhi he was ex unicef he said yeah, learning is not enough well done because now we are already starting to think about outcomes learning se kya hoga or क्या हो रहा है क्या लर्निंग सो देन इट बिकेम एवरी चाइल्ड इन स्कूल एंड लर्निंग वेल सो लेट्स मूव टू यू नो मेनी सिविल सोसाइटी ऑर्गेनाइजेशन ग्रैपल विद एक्सपेंशन एंड अ लॉट ऑफ इट इज टू डू विद द डिवेलपमेंट ऑफ पीपल इन देर ऑर्गेनाइजेशन हाउ डिड यू बिकम वॉट वॉट विल यू टेल अस अबाउट लीडरशिप लेसन नॉट अबाउट 
not just about becoming leaders yourselves, but about creating so many other leaders in the organization. <laughs> so the former Secretary of Education, uh, late Kumud Bansal, so she used to say, Madhav has a trick. He goes out and he gets all these young ladies to work and then they make them responsible and lets them handle all the different programs. The real f feature is that, you know, you tell a person, go ahead and start and you get, what is the loss? The way I did it, I, I can say that, you know, you make a, a person responsible, say, will you do it? Yes, I'll do it. Our Balvinder Singh, the accountant, head accounts now, uh, was exactly that. He, when he was doing accounts, uh, at one point, Bala left, I think. Somebody, the, the more responsible person left. And we had to hire a new person. Uh, I asked Balvinder, can you handle it? He said, yeah, I can handle it. So I said, go ahead and do it. If you mess up, we'll see what to do. So I think making people responsible and helping them to do their work is the best thing to be done. So lessons of leadership, both how you develop as a leader and how you make other people into such fine leaders. There is a journey. There's a learning journey. You actually don't know where you're headed. You can just see the next thing. And you're not alone in this. There is a whole bunch of people. And my early year time in Bombay, I think, was very critical. There was a girl called Pratima. Uh, Pratima Pandekar. Uh, who was from, um, you know, the people who had worked with Madhav earlier. She, I mean, she had a very sort of thin, loud voice. And I remember her saying to me at least five times a month, that where the hell were you? You don't know anything. So this whole business about how do you learn, who helps you to learn, who's pushing you, who's challenging you. So the team building, again, I don't think we ever had a team building workshop, but I think being thrown in the deep end builds good teams. I see this even till today. I think out of that being thrown in the deep end, some people, you know, normally they do something, but then here comes a big new thing to do. Different people rise. So if the landscape is big, you can actually grow many, many people grow. I shouldn't say you grow people. Many people grow themselves. There are some people who like to work in Small is Beautiful. Then how, what is that place that they remain in? And there are people who want to go and conquer the whole world. So how do you let them, you know, free to do that? This fundraising machine of yours, what all elements does it have? Because most people would love to be where Pratham is uh, in terms of learning how to do fundraising, which is one of the most difficult things for social sector organizations. How do you do it so well? Uh, I think there are very few people in Pratham who are not doing some form of resource mobilization. That's probably a better word than fundraising. The actual fundraising arm, the Pratham USA, which has also gone through a lot of leadership changes and evolution. So Pratham has 14 chapters in the USA, locally run by communities there. Uh, model is slightly different, but yes, there is a local leadership and locally they organize fundraisers, they raise money, some help coming from the central organization and so on and so forth. But there is, I would say that there it is Again, this local infection, you know, you are my friend. You may not have a great uh, regard for education or India or whatever, but you have great regard for your friend. So just like our Balwadi teachers often joined this campaign, not because they had a great desire to do desh seva or whatever, but if my friend can do it, I can do it too. My friend is enjoying it, so You know, and you form a part of a team. And there as well, there is a, always a, I think, a tension that we have as well is how much should be centrally decided and how much should be locally decided. There is no magic bullet, you have to balance. You know, how much should be volunteer-led, how much should be staff-led. As soon as you feel that there is too many people in the staff raising funds, everybody feels it's their job to do it. In the next segment, the conversation between Rohini Nalekini, Madhav Chawan and Rukmini Banerjee continues as they talk about ASAR, the annual state of education report and the deep impact it has made on the landscape of education in India. 
The ASAR report is a nationwide household survey that captures the status of children's enrollment and learning outcomes in rural India, and it has changed the landscape of how we understand the impact of our educational policies and programs. And finally, they share their thoughts on the future of education in India. What is it about the Pratham narrative, the story, that attracts funders? So I think the one that has succeeded in our case is the fundraising, the retail fundraising in the U.S. And there, I believe the biggest strength is that there are owners in each chapter who pass on that trust. They basically say, I believe in this organization, so give. So the the guy who gives us $1,000, $500 is not thinking of everything, your educational learning outcomes or your efficiency, not every time. But it's a, it's a family. It it's gets together and contributes to, you know, health problem. And they do it year after year after okay. year. Do you think if you had more resources, say if you doubled your budget, you could do more? See, I'll tell you where we really lack direct funding is these partnerships that you do today with governments, tomorrow it may be with large-scale campaigns and so on. I would like to think that where we have contributed a lot, which is this very large thing. You know, UP, ko change karne ke liye, humne, you know, challenge le liya. That is very difficult to find funding for. It comes from people who believe in Pratham and say, ki tum decide karo. You think changing UP is very important, to le lo. And at some level, I'm not questioning because it's too big a thing. So these Asar has never received that kind of funding because it's not a concrete thing that I changed these lives. And yet something like Asar has played a major role in the landscape, you know, of whatever education is in India. Large-scale government partnerships, big community campaigns. These are where I think we've built the know-how from all the other things we do. And then you unleash it in some campaign form. So ASAR is the annual status of education report. Acronym is ASAR. The annual status of education report is the largest annual survey of rural children done by the citizens of India every year since 2005. It's also the acronym is very important. I mean, it's the acronym that which was created first and then the English came later to say it must have an impact. How does ASAR start? So starts with arriving in Bombay and, you know, being told that you don't know anything. And also with my own perception that I need to understand this context. Now, to me, because I was very familiar with North India, it seemed to me like Bombay schools were all in good buildings, quite, you know, well-trained teachers and so on. So I took upon this. I said, I have to learn my own uh, curriculum. So we took uh, some 20 schools in Andheri West which if you look at all of Bombay is actually not one of the worst places of Bombay. And that also because there was a couple of by then senior people of Pratham who were in that area who could help because I, you know, I needed some help with Parati. We did a very simple assessment of children and all it was actually for my own learning rather than for some any big program or anything like that. And what came out was the fact that the school looked good, the teachers looked good, the children looked good, but they couldn't do simple math. From start to finish, Asar takes about 100 days. Every year, Asar asks children whether they are enrolled in school. Asar also asks children to read a simple text and do some very basic arithmetic tasks. And that was quite a shock. And I remember putting it on one sheet and going to our YV Chavan office. I was fresh, recent PhD for six years. This one sheet of paper within, I think, 10 days, the municipal corporation had launched a, a program called Shatak Jhep, Jump to 100, based on this. And I remember at night thinking, geez, you know, I hope I added up the numbers correctly and so on. So I think this exploring schooling and learning together, every child in school and learning, learning well, learning whatever, thinking about it together, thinking about what can be done to solve it. All of these things happened together. So there was this early assessment in uh, in Bombay, combined with Shatak Jhep, to how do you come up with a solution? There was listening to parents who were saying, Bacche school to ja rahe hain, par wo nahi ho se jo hona Coming to uh, the first uh, randomized control trial that happened with Abhijit and Esther in 99-2000, where that was also an attempt to look at, okay, schools are full of children, but what is going on inside? Village report cards, which we then decided that, you know, 
no actually one more point would be that around 2001 2 we were very frustrated with the with the pace of progress on learning that we were able to do and it seemed like we were incrementally doing various things but it wasn't uh, you know it wasn't it wasn't enough it wasn't sufficient so at some point in that 2001 2 we stopped took a complete stop and about i don't remember now 2 300 people said let's start again and let's start with a group of 20 25 kids all eight are older some in school some out of school wherever they may be and let's see what we can do in a month now month why month because month is just a unit and you know if you're not going to do whatever you were doing so do it for a month and we had to then come to a common vocabulary of what it is that we were going to do and so what you know today as yasser tool was actually a way to communicate to each other ki this is the path we want to go down if you want to describe and children can't read what is it it's like they can't read letters they can't read words they can't read a sentence so that whole exercise was really our own understanding of how shall we talk in a common language about children and their progress and how can it be very simple because there were many different kinds of people in this so it has to be kept very simple and it was not designed as necessarily as an assessment tool but as we began to iterate it and use it we saw it was very beneficial to us to track children's progress over and up but it had a lot of other benefits parents said kar kya rahe ho we could say yahan se yahan tak leke ja rahe hain you know children themselves were aware that this is a progression so this development of this tool and the solution that we evolved along with it then we could see that it could work at a local level it could be used by us but if this is such a powerful thing then hum apne liye kyun rakhe then on the one hand we started figuring out how can we work on this with governments with other ngos and so on this whole process ki understand the problem and solve it using at that point we called it learning to read later on we called it read india then it was called kamal teaching at the right level all of this is how do you accelerate the reading and the arithmetic and on the other hand it was clear to us that if you understand the problem then you start worrying about the solution so if you don't have a question the answer doesn't help so i think around 2002 3 4 these two things came out of that original what shall we do how till shall we understand the problem and how shall we think of a solution that went that way and then various things but like leaning to 2005 so we were doing it in urban areas but uh, for some i don't remember how but we we were in 120 rural districts of india at that time and we uh, 2004 when the government changed and upa government took charge uh two things uh, with, the, with the dr manmohan singh declared that his government was going to measure its uh, performance based on outcomes and not outlays and i thought that was a very good idea uh, luckily i got uh, inducted into the national advisory council as well and we started i started telling the government at that time that why can't you use we have this uh, uh, tool to measure children's learning and let's see if you can measure outcomes because learning is an important uh, important part of education so can we improve education can we improve the learning outcomes at that time the government said uh, that you know if you try to take us with you we'll be just create a burden on you rather than that you do it and we'll watch what you do and we'll support you and this is particularly montexing alwalia he said if you try to take the government and do these things this won't work but so we got the planning commission on board and all that and we said okay we will show you a test case 120 districts we did a test case and we gave a, gave a report to the to the planning commission and planning commission said this is very good so what about the rest of the country and we said okay we'll do i came back to the office i remember in the delhi office and i asked everybody we are in 120 districts 600 is required so why not let's do it so it was just a decision taken and within 3 months we completed the whole mobilization survey report everything and i remember asking montexing alwalia if we are going to release this report i want your date when will you come and release and he said he can't believe this you've not even started anything i said you give me your date so you were there at the first yeah. release so and it it actually worked out like that exactly like the first time we did the survey in mumbai and so we decided okay the whole team has to go out and do these things the 
volunteer mobilization was not even planned. We, people were sent to different parts of the country. They went to different districts, different states. And they just grabbed hold of whoever was willing to go and do the survey and we got it. So that was the first time. Then I, it became much better organized. And, and the simplicity of the tool and reliance on voluntary energy, that's what worked for it. You know, we all who have been in the education, it's, 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 we must do deep reflection that after so much effort, the Samaj has in so many, Pratham is just one instance, big instance, but of how much civil society action has happened in, in the Samaj for education, early and uh, middle school. Similarly, Bazaar also has got very interested. Sarkar has been doing so. And still we are at a stage, not just in India, but globally. What, what is fundamentally, what are we missing that all children are not being able to learn? No. So I think that one is the way the system delivers, but what is the objective of the system? Yeah. I believe the objective of the system is not every child learning well. It is some children learning well. We have, at least in India, our whole system is designed to enable certain people to, some small chunk to succeed. We do this bifurcation very early. By third standard, 70% children are already clear they're not going to make it. The system does not invest in those. We are teaching some kinds of things in our school, like every child needs to know the same things. And when you leave the school and come back home, it's still fairly agrarian, the country. You need to know something completely different. Is that part of it? Yes, I think that is the part of it because the question is, we are testing through ASAR. Let's relate it to ASAR. Or now even Nipun Bharat and everything. We are measuring progress based on a dipstick survey of your ability to read. The question is, what should children learn? Let's ask that. And during the pandemic, the schools were closed for two years. Basically, then third graders now in 22-23 should know nothing if everything happens in school. But that's not the case. The difference is only 7%. So is there something else happening? And we are testing what we know how to test. Is it something to do with a mismatch between uh, what the system says we should know or children should know and what children really need to know in a in an era of very complex, rapid change, where maybe just learning how to learn is enough. And we don't know how to really teach children to learn how to learn in very different contexts and circumstances. I also think that there is, you know, this universalizing elementary education. Every child in school has come with many more things other than just children in school. And one of them is incredibly high aspirations for what will happen once all children are in school. And a lot of that is coming from parents who haven't had much education themselves, but have seen that when people finish 8th, 10th, and therefore that is what I want for my children. And education cannot let me down because that's the only path that I've seen that works. So this high aspirations, I would say that today everybody, there is nobody in India who wants their children to have less than 15 years of education. Talk to 14, 15, 16, 18 year olds. And despite whatever experiences they may have had as young children, I mean, I am stunned as to how many people say exam mein bethenge, qualify karenge, and fir aage badenge. If you say aage badenge, you know, in the army in India, you can only recruit 40,000 people a year. Lacks of people are applying, but I'll be the successful one. So this, 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 uh, this uh, very high aspiration, use of resources which are very scarce to feed that aspiration which is not going to get to its ultimate i think we are this is building so what is the future of prasam so i think we have to look at what we are doing today or can do tomorrow in the context of what is where india is also right so one is that i believe that this new education policy it is up to people like us and many others to not let it remain a policy because at least the early goals are very doable so at some level, I think in the early childhood and in this basic, you know, reading, writing, we know what to do We've to get it done. It will take time within the government. You have to still push. But I think rest of the country is ready for these pushes. And everything that we are doing in the community, I see a lot of potential. For example, young mothers today, mothers of children who are three to eight, 
are not like mothers of 15 years ago. They are beneficiaries of having been through this universalization process. They have high aspiration. They also have some skills which are not being tapped into sufficiently. We also have very low female labor force participation. For a whole variety of the reasons, these young women who are also youth are trapped in their local circumstance. So unleashing that potential could be one big force that helps Nipun Bharat actually happen. So if you assume that Nipun Bharat can happen, which means that for this generation of three to eight, if you solve this basic problem, they will engage with good, bad, ugly education system in a totally different way. If you're at grade level in India, you can go quite far. Jobs, etc. still need to be tackled. I think in a, in a, in a mental, uh, in an intellectual way, in a mental way, in a conceptual way, some of the things that Madhav is saying, and much bigger, we have to totally rethink what happens after basics. And not only what you learn, which is important, but how you learn. Because that world outside is not an individual world. Our education system is individual excellence and academic oriented. But what the world needs is actually learning how to work in groups, how to, learning how to solve things locally. I think we were ahead of our time with Asar. Yes. We were ahead of our time with teaching at the right level. And I think on that growth front, we have to come up with convincing models for ourselves. Whether other people take it or not, what can kids who've gone through whatever it is we think they should go through, what do they do next, is something that we really have to work on. So one is help everybody else implement the lower stuff, which we know what to do. It needs to get done. And then very, very actively engage with this 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. What is going to happen to that? So Pratham has to move beyond basics while staying with the basics. And what Pratham did will be taken over by the mothers in the next Pratham 20 years. Dvitiya, we used to say after Pratham is Dvitiya and Tritiya and you have to move now. Okay, we very much look forward to the evolution of Pratham. We thank you Madhav and Rukmini for sharing all your insights and um, um, thank you for being part of this podcast. Thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you me. very much. Grassroots Nation is a podcast from Rohini Nilekini Philanthropies. For more information, go to rohininilekiniphilanthropies.org or join the conversation on social media at rnp_foundation. Thank you for listening to Grassroots Nation.